0: Good morning. This is Richard Chain, the host of the Sativa segment. We are recording episode 17 today. Uh, before we get started, I like to say that this episode is fueled by Ritter Spencer Chain, a local law firm here in uh, Addison, Texas. Um, I'm one of the owners, so a little bit of self promotion there, but it's okay. Um, as a one-stop business uh, law firm, we handle a variety of different corporate transactions and litigation matters. If you want to know a little bit more, go to ritterspencerchain.com, and um, you can find out a little bit more about our services. Um, I'd like to get started. Dalton, you're taking the floor today a little bit more. So my co-host, Dalton O'Neill, and uh, his wonderful guest, with whom someone that I Grew up kind of knowing through the, through the air, and Don't she act was, like you're younger than. me. <laughs> well, I'm not younger. I'm, I know I'm not younger. Than you. But, <laughs> I, grew but, yeah, I grew up. up yeah, listening to you. We all grew up on the radio with Jenna. Okay, yeah. we all grew up on this. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, in, in all fairness, to Jenna, I, I did start listening to the show, and then she came on as a young guest on Kit Craddock in the morning on 106.1. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Then yeah. and, and she was uh she she was on there for a while, and so I so she's kind of a local celebrity. Oh,
1: Jenna. hardly. I. appreciate Appreciate yeah. it give me yeah give me all we the haven't credit. even got to
2: introduce it richard said hey yeah. <laughs> let's make it happen i'm your yeah. co-host dalton o'neill sativa segment That's episode right. 17. today we have a special guest miss jenna owens from the finish and some other stuff sorry i said up, bang on the table i got excited we're happy to be here on a beautiful day in addison texas richard spencer chang is a great law firm holding it down for all things not just texas cannabis and hemp but all these different corporate transactions so uh if you need somebody to look at your stuff call rico and his crew anyway we're happy to be here jenna we are pumped there's so much stuff to talk about we got limited time so for the people that aren't familiar with you just give us a like a thirty thousand foot view how mm. does everybody in dallas know you mm-hmm. like how how did you get into the media scene and uh, and then we'll get into the brands you've got going on
1: yeah sure so i my background was in journalism so media was my background that's what i did in college and then of course after college put it around trying to find with that degree what do you do when in journalism college. where yeah i went to miami university in ohio so i grew up in the midwest so i'm actually from the midwest i'm not from here but now i think i have to take a little bit of you know uh ownership of dfw because i've been here for so long it's true i was always a cowboys fan growing up my (laughs) mom's from dallas originally so i remember growing up she's like diehard cowboys fan right um even though i was in cincinnati with the Bengals. so anyway yeah i went to miami university of ohio did journalism in college tried to figure out what i wanted to do with that degree after um had an opportunity to come down to dallas actually um it was really just taking over for someone on maternity leave at 106.1. Um, I was just dumping commercials, you know, learning how to do that. So mm-hmm. it was really just kind of this mundane day to day. And someone was like, hey, do you know the Kid Craddock Morning Show? I actually didn't. I wasn't that familiar with it because I had grown up in the Midwest, which people right. kind of balked at, you know, <laughs> when you grow up here, you're like, you haven't heard of Kid Craddock? Uh, but I went over there and just to see, cause I had heard they had an opening and they really wanted a young, you know, it was a very character kind of styled show. It was very intentional with everyone mm-hmm. they had. On the morning show, so everybody kind of had their roles exactly. But that Every, that it, was the nice balance, you know. And so, if you're not familiar with the show, yeah, it's an ensemble cast, right? And so that was kind of the point of that show is that you know you have a you know you have a black guy, you have a woman from the Mr. south, you Random have a Mexican man. guy, JC. But like the point of that, it was very intentional with Kid and it was brilliant because you're kind of able to sit at a table as a family and you're able to say edgy things and you're able to speak the things that other people are thinking, but you're, everyone's represented at the table for the most part, which, so anyway, that was really nice, but they were looking for a young girl. And I think I duped my way into getting that job because- (laughs) I think kid thought I would be this like wild 20 something that was just partying all the time. And I think he quickly realized that I was just more of a chill, like stoner type or something, hey. you know, I mean, I couldn't really <laughs> speak like that on the, on the show, but yeah, he was like, wait, you're not partying all night long and telling us wild stories. But yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I got that job very randomly. They pulled, me but into- you had
0: some good stories
1: though. You had some good stories. Let's yeah, be fair. You have to share that kind of content. Yeah. So anyway, it just, I, I kind of thought it'd be a stepping stone into something else, but obviously, you know, time, goes by and it turned into more Mm -hmm. of a career than I anticipated. We had a TV show for a period of time and, you know, I was actually planning on moving to California at some juncture and it was right before a kid passed away Mm -hmm. um, because I was going to do some more. I was always really into movies and music. I really Mm -hmm. liked that element of that job. You know, I liked kind of interviewing the artists and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and then the trajectory of my whole kind of career and identity changed when that happened because, you know, I think in a moment, a time of kind of grief like that, um, the audience was really interested interested in our lives and what happened. It almost kind of propelled our level of kind of I hate to say fame, but just like relatability in a way, right? Kind of going through Mm -hmm. something like that. It humanized y'all. For sure, for sure. And kind of um, pulled back the curtain a bit and it really reinvigorated everyone's interest in the show in the weirdest way, Um, it became a lot more popular and the ratings went up and then they stayed up and we thought we were all gonna be out of a job. And so I ended up staying, um, just kind of going through the motions, dealing with the grief. And so anyway, yes, so I stayed and so, But then after a certain amount of time, to be totally transparent, uh, morning radio is a really hard... Career. I think there's elements of it that are great. And from an outsider, you're like, wow, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's a 3 30 a.m. wake up call. You hardly have any semblance of a personal life. And over a period of time, uh yeah, you kind of feel you're, you're dying inside a bit because it can be really difficult. And I just knew that I wanted to maybe take advantage of my platform in a really genuine way. Here mm-hmm. I am endorsing all of these other products, being really choosy and right. selective, you know, with what I wanted to endorse. But I thought there has to be, I'm a creative at heart more than I am a business person. I was like, I'm want to create a brand that I'm just free to post the way I want on social media, that I don't have to get approval, that I can just be creative with the identity of a brand. And yeah, that's kind of what led me into really sitting on for years, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to launch and kind of the fear and getting over that because it was going to be at such a level of this kind of brand and, you know, following that I had built organically on social media over more than a decade. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of where Fittish Fittish started coming into the frame um, as a brand. And that's what I'm doing now full time is running my CBD uh, skincare and wellness business.
2: It's so fun that so much, so much just happened. I mean, if you don't live in Dallas or you're listening from somewhere around, like if you're not listening to to kiss fm in 2007 on the way to school like what you weren't listening to anything else
1: i am so fucking old am i to swear oh my god no, i realized this it the a middle school day.
2: Yeah, no. you can drop f-bombs okay. on your show
0: hey, this here, is right. my show you can <laughs> say whatever you right. want i'm it's, so glad oh
1: after years on the radio yeah. in the morning it was so yeah, nice you know i have a podcast now too and it's so nice to be able to swear and be r-rated no i uh i am though i'm, I'm 40 now and i had a baby so i'm in a different chapter of my life um but she doesn't look so, 40 she doesn't have a baby it's the skin care I uh No, and it's not waking up at 3.30 yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's What time did you
2: go to sleep when you had to wake up at 3.30?
1: Not early enough. I mean, it's really hard. And I shouldn't be complaining. Well, because Kit was because...
2: expecting her to go out and party all night.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. She yeah. generate yeah.
0: all these different stories. For not the at next a week. certain okay.
1: point. Yeah, you find a way to speak about your life. And I think that's yeah. what's so, it can be challenging but interesting. And I think that's, you see this a lot with stand-up comedians, which yeah. I am not. But, you know, the the best ones are really taking, it's like a Theo Vaughn, for instance, right? Like, I'm sure you're familiar with him. you you kind have a similar uh-huh. haircut yeah, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's gotten I'm that before it. i know I'm he's gotten that it. before. I'm i love Co,
1: and he came in on the radio one day we actually like went on a date kind of we went to the pancake house before he was at the improv and in he Addison? was not anything i mean he blew up so much during the pandemic What's he is so great oh, but the great. point of that is like he speaks about kind of relatable stuff you know mm-hmm. characters he's met in his life people yeah. that he's met but it's just the way he words it the way he speaks right. is so entertaining and i think that that's what you can take a lot of i mean that's what people are looking for yeah. they want to be yeah. especially with content i know that's yeah. something we're going to talk about today but just you know that's i think that's a way to make content more relatable you're taking the grocery store interaction the mm-hmm. i took my kid to the r ER this weekend like you're taking things that everyone can relate to mm-hmm. and you're just telling the story in a better way about what happened so people mm-hmm. are like wait that's happened to me before i Totally right. know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. So anyway. Well,
2: well, it makes you so relatable, and I'm sure you yeah. get this a lot where people think they know you that you've never met before. Sure. So people run up on you, like, oh my gosh. And like I have a rapper that I watch all of his podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, I saw him one time. Super fan. Yeah, exactly. And I like saw him and that was weird. So I like thought I knew him. Yeah. And I went, my friend, my DJ friend got me hooked up at Citizen to meet him real fast. Just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And I like forgot for a second I don't actually know him. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm sure you get that with all especially all these women that love your stuff. It's like, how do you deal with people? Like, cause I know that's taxing. You don't always have, you don't always have eight hours of sleep. You don't always have the energy. Okay,
1: Dalton, I'm yeah. not Rihanna. Okay, no, I'm, like hey, I'm okay. not that, I'm not that in the man. in Dallas,
2: Texas. Yeah, it I is.
1: am so, I, isn't that just the coolest thing though? Yeah. You know, and you can only achieve that by, I spoke to people five days a week for four hours a day about nonsense or vulnerable personal life, whatever it may be, or just bullshit celebrity gossip. But, you know, it was, people do know me because there's no way you can pretend to be someone else for that period of time you know i'm not an actor in a movie reading a script like you are yourself mm, for yeah. four hours every day and we're talking a lot we're not just introducing songs and saying hey what's up you know this was actually like a lot of personality driven yeah. content and you really and
0: are interjecting your personal lives into yeah. this, in, into the stream of like yeah. radio you know airwaves to where you're talking about your dating life somebody's talking about their divorce somebody's talking about sure. some of their business like big out really or the hard bar or something like that it's, like right? it's actually time. really hard yeah. to
1: be that vulnerable but i have found at the times that i was most in pain or most um, honest about heartbreak or anything that i'm going through i mean i would have days or grief you know whatever right. whatever you're going through those are the times that i had kind of the most engagement because you're relatable you know you're not pretending to be perfect you're relatable you're real you're honest now it's hard because some days they're like jenny you're being negative but it's like aren't we all kind of negative sometimes real. i mean yeah. life sucks especially right. if you have to talk for four hours every day about your life life's not great all the time and um, you're
2: running on four hours of sleep you know <laughs> like, but guys
1: i mean that is the only i attribute all of that to why i've had success with starting a business mm-hmm. right because Because I was always very honest, I've always been very transparent um, before being authentic became like that kind of trendy word that you're authentic. But that was me. I mean, that's where the identity of fit-ish started because Mm. I, you hear a lot of ish words these days, this kind of hybrid of, you know, I'm sober-ish or I'm, you know, lazy-ish or whatever these things are. I just kind of, for me, that was always the relatable way to approach Mm -hmm you know, people may look at me and be like, oh, wow, you're, you know, you work out all the time or you're fit or things come easy for you. And I'm like, no, I'm really actually not that healthy. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm fittish. And I used to say it as a joke. And before that words like that became more trendy, I trademarked the word for ah, business. Okay. For, and I mean, in all the categories that I felt I may utilize the word, obviously, you know, you learn about yeah. that, but uh, very early on. So I, I own the mark for, you know, for Podcasts For public speaking, for apparel, for, yeah. Okay. In a lot of categories. Yeah. I think six or seven categories among some of my other product names. Well, sure, because that word started to get used a lot. Now, I don't always go after people that are using it on apparel because a lot of people do that fetish thing. And people, you know, followers of the brand send it to me. Like, look, someone's using this word. So I've learned a lot about the legal world. I'm not always a big (laughs) fan. I've spent a lot of money on legal stuff. So I think you learn to pick and choose your battles, you know, and especially in the cannabis space, it's pretty wild then it can be difficult. So um, anyway, but yeah, that I just, I think kind of the the connection with the audience from the radio is why people, why I built that level of trust with an audience that may, and we were speaking about this before we started um, the show today, I, I attribute a lot of that kind of authenticity to why I have a lot of, especially women purchasing my products that do not in just marijuana that have never yeah. encountered you know that they're very much probably opposed to that but i saw my role as an opportunity more in a mainstream way to convert because i'm yeah. such a big proponent of this plant in general and all the different uses of it that i thought well yeah how do we make this more mainstream i mean it's going to take some level of public figures sure you have rappers that smoke pot all the time but you know in a relatable way i'm a mom i'm a business owner i have mm-hmm. a job that was respectable but i still like to show them that you know mm-hmm. this is you know i mean of course i sit here i'm like this is safer than alcohol you know but that's a hard sell for some people right. when something's illegal technically a schedule
2: but- 1 drug no medicinal benefits sure yeah. Yeah. But I
1: think, you know, it's it's exciting. I always thought, as I'm sure most of us do, right? Entering into this space, it's been, I've been handcuffed in a lot of ways and I still am. It's mm-hmm. really hard. I sometimes have moments where I'm really frustrated with the business because I get rejected from a retailer or um, advertising is obviously yep. a huge beast sure. of an issue. Um, I go, wow, I could be, Double, triple as successful as I am if I didn't have these limitations because the content's there. Um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of the risk that a lot of us have taken being in this space and hopefully that it'll pay off in the end.
0: I mean, you obviously saw some challenges um, when you first got started. Yeah. And you know, you and I talked about how some of the demographics that you target are. Relatively conservative, sure. we'll say, right? Sure. And you, so you have some of these stay-at-home moms that, as you say, would never consider using marijuana or right. using cannabis as a product, but like now
1: recreationally you, for recreation, fun, right? right? Yeah, but,
2: but if it you, makes you look hotter as long as it makes you more attractive we're we're into that no no no
1: no. no. but this is what's different it's not just that it's more um productive than that it's wellness it's it's a um and this is i think this is a really interesting part of my story if i can share it a lot of people kind of ask what made you kind of leave your career and do this there's some real defining moments for me with that right um while i would leave the radio because i straddled this for about three years i said i was on a two-year plan Mm. i wanted selfishly to find a way out of continuing to Work on the radio, but I wanted to be passionate about a product, and so you know, for me, this started because I get really red. I deal with rosacea. I get really red, especially when I'm exercising. Bright as a tomato, mm-hmm. and so you know, something topically that's cooling and anti-inflammatory. So for me, the whole benefit of the CBD has been this topical anti-inflammatory um, mm-hmm. use. Well, now I was lucky; I didn't struggle with um, eczema and psoriasis, and you know, really severe kind of cystic acne and some of these other more medical leaning conditions that are still topical surface Mm -hmm. level, really, you know, especially for a woman or, or for a guy. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you are just have covered in a rash and covered in an issue, um, it really crushes your confidence. Right. And so I think, um, you know, when I started selling this, my my first SKU, my first product, people were sure buying it out of blind support. If Jenna's putting this out there, I'm going to buy it. Um, but then some of the feedback started coming in and I I always tell people take a risk starting a business because you don't always have to know the end game here. You don't know always what's going to happen, but if you believe in it and it's working for you, you know, you're solving a problem for people. You know, I'm not selling them on looking prettier. I'm not selling them on the product itself. People started giving me this feedback of, oh my gosh, it's like works on my baby's diaper rash, or, you know, I have these horrible burns from radiation, which I didn't even realize was a, a, could be a really bad side effect of some of this radiation, you know, that women were dealing with, with breast cancer treatment. And that was Mm -hmm. the defining moment for me I got these photos this woman Mm. older never smoked pot in her life really kind of scared of the whole cannabis space her breast chest shoulder were covered in scabs and burns um she used this tone down spray her daughter had given to her and they sent me these kind of before and after photos. And when I tell you all in a week, the worst kind of almost black scabs I've ever seen covering this woman. I mean, kind of imagine going through the cancer and kind of all the feelings you're dealing with, you know, this treatment and losing your hair and just it's crushing your confidence and um, totally cleared that up gave her so much cooling relief you know because i guess you feel like you're on fire when you're going through that too and uh, for me i went this is fucking it like i never imagined that it would have that kind of result and i think it's that moment of i took this risk and this is it showing that it's paying off that it was just amazing to have this kind of support and these people trying it and then giving me these before and after photos which of course i can't really legally use (laughs) and i get in trouble um but you you know but i know deep down that you know it's solving a huge problem for a lot of people in different ways and uh, and yeah, that was it for me.
0: Yeah, so it goes far more than what Dalton alluded to which is aesthetics, right? I mean, right. she's changing lives here to where yeah. she's um, o- obviously um, it sounds like maybe alleviating some irritation, le- alleviating yeah. pain sure. and people are giving testimonials about the yeah. results of yeah. the products So
1: That every year, as I'm sure you know, we have the state inspection and all these things we have to go through and I think that's what's really difficult. Other beauty brands out there can mm-hmm. do before and after photos and they can say you know, uh, over this this group it improved their eczema But, you know, each year and I guess the state doesn't always even know what they're doing. And we've consulted with legal in the past. You Mm -hmm. know, you can say the word um, you can say. Uh, pimple, but you can't say acne mm-hmm. pimple doesn't sound as medical jenna okay so then i go through you know all my product pages and i think a lot of our customers yeah. don't even know this you know we have to ban or we actually will moderate and hide reviews that the most amazing reviews mm-hmm. that a customer is leaving saying i mean this cleared up my skin i've never felt better anything that leans to medical no yeah. you know can't say anti-inflammatory can't yeah. say these things and so we're constantly kind of cleaning that up so,
0: so i have this list I represents um, a product that's similar to yours oh, okay. um, and they're more medically based CBD products. In mm-hmm. fact, they were on my um, show. I have a list of um, different words, conditions yeah. and then I'll have like an alternative language list. Oh my gosh. So, so I actually have this all mapped out to where for every like medical condition, I, I already have like pre-scripted. Give us like, like one example. Yeah, give, us like, one example. Yeah, give us one example here. Um, like, you know, like um, instead of saying um, uh, alleviate stress, right or something that's uh that that deals with anxiety yeah i may something i may use the words um uh having uh you know a a soothing feeling okay using alternative words like soothing or or um calming i have a great example because i do
1: this this is where my journalism degree paid off so i get real creative with it which sucks from an seo perspective but i'll say chill angry skin (laughs) Because they actually have come back to me recently and said I can't say soothing, and so but they'll say I'll say chill, angry skin, and now that's not great for SEO because I don't know who's googling something to chill my angry skin, but it's at least descriptive enough. In
0: some some cases, with like certain words I'll use, it's a it's a balance between what they really want to say versus what is clearly in the red to where you can't say that. So we have to sometimes with me and my clients we have to compromise. And they're like, okay, we're willing to do that, even though it may not be completely compliant. Right. But but we're we're willing to balance you know, the the risk with it. Yeah. And of course, I, I've represented clients with uh, who've received FDA letters, and those are uh, just a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah. So
2: we talked about that last year or last week.
0: Yeah. Mm, I, think, I, know. I I think I'm in to, to, I, I don't mean, even want to talk about it. I think in 2019 and 2020, I think they issued in excess of 60 uh, FDA. They were busy. Uh, warning
2: letters. They're busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think they just actually issued one. Um yesterday or a batch yesterday on something that's very
2: uh, unusual that all these little happened. all these lawyer yeah. newsletters yeah.
0: well it, it's actually going to the world of psychedelics now
2: yeah okay. so um, well, we're, of course, we're gonna get to psychedelics here in a minute yeah, let's but, let's recap finish jenna you know yeah. at, at a, yeah. and real quick then we'll get to the other thing we want to talk to you about Finish was before its time. I remember 2018 when you launched the cannabinoid brand. Mm-hmm. It's like this was one of the very first cannabinoid brands in Texas. Like I personally remember sending it to multiple people. Like I had friends saying, Dalton, the hemp industry is dumb. What are you doing? And I'm like, look, this girl's doing something in hemp too. And it's like it was like destigmatizing not just for con- uh, consumer adoption, but also other entrepreneurs trying to make stuff happen. It's like, hey, this is legit. So could you walk us through 2017 to adding the cannabinoids as an ingredient to 2018 and just kind of what launched a cannabinoid, like what kind of launched the cannabinoid side of that? Sure.
1: I think from a business perspective, it's always important to note to people that you don't have to know exactly what your path is overnight. I mean, it's different for you as an attorney. You you just kind of had this trade and you knew this is what you were passionate about. But for me, as a creative, I knew I wanted a brand, but I don't want anyone to ever make the assumption that I just like, I knew that I was going to be in the cannabis space and this was it. It was just a lot of things aligning, right? Kind of windows and doors opening, signs pointing me in this direction. So I knew I wanted to do a lifestyle brand and I knew I wanted a product. I had done enough market research to know that a product made the most mm. sense and I didn't know if it was going to be a digital product, mm-hmm. but I knew from like just margins and kind of speaking with more financial minded people that I did want to sell a product because I knew, you know, that would be a nice way. I looked at this as a way, maybe I'd just make a little bit of a few extra bucks on the side yeah. to fund like travel for the year. That's really what the started is. It was very innocuous, but I didn't want to jump into a product. I mean, I knew I wanted to be in the fitness space because I had some passion there, but I also saw the forecasting for kind of fitness and wellness. And I knew that this space, whether it was apparel or actual workout related something, um, supplements, I just knew that that space was, we had barely scratched the surface, probably still have on people's kind of desire to be youthful and well. And mm-hmm. so I knew I wanted to be in that space, but I didn't know precisely what it was. My original concept, Dalton, I've never told you this because you're gonna say that's lame, um, <laughs> but this is why you go through different iterations of something. I was watching a lot. Now I don't even work out that much anymore, which is so funny. I always say I put the ish in the fit because I'm just not that into it anymore. Um, which is such a shame. I think I'm in a different chapter of my life right go. now as a mom. But I, uh, you know, I was going to kind of the Barry's boot camp in these different gyms, and you know, you're kind of just seeing women and men. You know, you're wearing fancy workout clothes and women are wearing makeup and they're working out, they're freshening up, they're going for margaritas after. It was Mm -hmm. more of this lifestyle of trying, you know, you're single, you're dating, you're trying to meet. That's what the
2: vibe I'm getting.
1: It is, but that was a lot of this vibe I was encountering in Dallas or in other cities when I would travel. And I thought, wow, I need to make some more products for women that are living this lifestyle. Cause I love beauty and I love skincare and I love makeup. But I had kind of thought about making makeup that was very sweat proof, Mm. right? So for me, it was more about a performance based level of cosmetics that I just didn't see in the market. Cause I mean, I know y'all are men that probably aren't that into skincare. But and I, can see where
0: the, I, I mean, but I can see where there's value to that, right? But this
1: makeup industry is insane. And I mean, yeah. uh, in a way, I mean, it's so crowded. You walk into a Sephora, you walk into these stores and I'm thinking, well, what's missing here? I go, well, why aren't there beauty products in the gym bathroom? Because you're seeing kind mm-hmm. of this hodgepodge of convenience store items. I'm sure you've seen. I mean, sure. It'll be, which I mean, we all use degree or old spice or whatever yeah. it is, but you know, it's just a lot of kind of drugstore brand stuff. And I thought there should be more fitness leaning products and nice. then for me it was the redness so it was kind of the marriage of that but this was a year and a half of me i always say if people want to start a business you have to be living it you know you have to be thinking about it constantly it's hmm. not just going to pop into your head you know you got to like w- observe other people what's missing what's something that you think every day i need this in my life i need something because you can really just take a product that you already like but it's not good enough and make it better and that's kind of where my head was at on that i just never i didn't really see a cooling spray that was going to alleviate mm-hmm. redness on the market and that was kind of like able to be thrown in a gym bag and so for me that was where it started and I started it, and then when I went to a lab in town um they kind of talked about different ingredients I wanted to use and I, I have to kind of I owe it to them a little bit because they said hey did you know that you can now put like they, the way they phrased it was so funny they're like you know like weed's legal in skincare." and I, of course my stoner brain was like Really? This is cool. Like, let me try it. So, but I didn't want to put it in just for the purpose of putting it in. So I started messing around with it. I'm like, wait, CBD, you know, this was a time that I didn't know what CBD was. And when I would Google it, it was like a lot of tincture for anxiety. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Xanax works for that. You know, I mean, I'm much more of kind of like a science person that I was just like, yeah, I mean, there's other things for anxiety and, um, and so anyway, so I was like, well, let me play around with it. So yeah. I had a small test group of people, friends, family, a couple, um, yeah, just really kind of a close network of people that I thought we well, all try this, take it to work out, try it. And it was working really well for me. It felt really nice. And so that was kind of the first product I went with. So I saw that it was, it was cool, but CBD was legal. I mean, there was an element of that, mm-hmm. that it was more of a marketing thing that I thought, how am I going to differentiate from all the other brands in the space? Mm-hmm. But I just have to attribute all of this to really great timing mm-hmm. that I took mm-hmm. my time with it that also that came through at the right time I put it in so it just it wasn't like I was plotting all along to get into the cannabis space it was just it just happened yeah. and it was also very organic to I who that. I am as a person it made sense I love
2: that yeah and it was good being surrounded by the right people to bring the opportunity I think to Jenna's point Richard you've probably seen it with your clients like you start a company to do one thing yeah and now it does start doing something else
0: yeah i mean i think with with you know with a lot of business ventures you you have a vision of what you want right and then as it evolves and takes its own course um you figure out how to make it better how to you know address different demographics needs and you're like oh well instead you know my vision was this but it kind of took me down a different path and which is which which um i was going to transition to ask you about your products is it now that you've been in it for maybe, what, like five years yeah. with Finish, has your products evolved over time based on the needs of your consumers? And you, you, you started off with, you know... Let's just say Fitis CBD yeah. line 1.0. Is there mm-hmm. like a 2.0 or yeah,
1: 3.0? Yeah, absolutely. That's, tell me I think, about that. You know, the
2: Cybertruck of Fiddish. What is it? Uh, <laughs> That's a, yeah, she started off <laughs> with the F150. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like yeah. you know
0: yeah. uh, Fitis 4.0 Cybertruck edition. It looks cool, but it's going to be a edition, it right? looks cool though. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a want. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. We're going to see. Tell us about, about the Cybertruck version of, yeah. uh, of Fiddish.
1: I don't know it yet. Well, okay, I will say, and you may not like to hear this, but I'm I am having to pivot the business quite a bit. But I think you know once you get some credibility And people know your products are good. um, I I am, there's a lot of restraint with um, having the cannabis in the products. And it's Mm -hmm. hard because I think I've had to make some tough calls with SKUs that I thought would perform really well that Mm -hmm. haven't as much. Mm -hmm. We did a pain cream and we did tinctures. We did some ingestibles. And maybe it's because that's not something that I'm promoting every day. I mean, we got to a point, we had PET. We got to a point that, you know, we had over 20 SKUs and, Mm -hmm. you know, we grew really quickly with the SKUs because I. I thought I have this great loyal audience. They want more, more, more. I want this. I want this. I want this. And so we kind of let the audience dictate what they wanted. And, you know, there are a handful of products that just weren't performing as well. So I'll say this is just more of a business lesson. You know, I probably have a core five to seven items that outperform everything else by a landslide. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to start kind of eliminating some of the other lower performing SKUs Cause that's a lot to carry over on your books. It's a lot of inventory. You know, we, we do all of our own fulfillment and in inventory. Now we moved it in house and like, it's just a lot to manage with expiration dates and stuff like that. So yeah, the ingestible space with fiddish did not perform as well. And I think it's just because other people did it better. You know, other people found these brands online of CBD tinctures and pain cream and things that the, or sports cream, as we have to legally call it. Um, but you know that they just did it better. And yeah. I still believe in these products, but I think I have learned my demographic and what they want. And it is definitely more of this kind of anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, topical skincare items are the things that do the best. But pivoting, we launched a hyaluronic niacinamide. I don't know if you're familiar with those ingredients, but they're really great on all skin types. And so this is a CBD less mm-hmm. product, okay. wow. but we customized the component, mm-hmm. keeping kind of the sporty on-the-go applicator affordability there's still a lot of tenants of the business that are gonna remain consistent throughout but i thought especially for instance a product like a face cleanser or a body wash it doesn't technically need cbd because you're putting it on and you're washing it off Mm -hmm. you know cbd is better when you're leaving it on the skin that's right and Let's be real. I know there's a lot of brands out there. They do soap or they do other things that they're putting, you know, they're infusing CBD into clothing and things like that. I don't know. I don't know how well all of that's working. I just think the products that I've seen work best are when you're applying it and you're leaving it on the skin. I mean, it's almost like saying you puff, you like cigar style, a THC, like you're puffing yeah, on it. You're yeah. not inhaling it. You're just blowing it out. Like you're not going to get the effects of it. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about the I smoke cigars.
2: Like I smoke weed. It's not, you're not supposed to. I don't think you inhale yeah. them them. That explains a lot. When I, you which can't. I hardly do, but if I ever feel, Smoke a cigarette, which happens after a few beers sometimes. Sure. I smoke a cigarette just like I smoke a joint. I just hit it and hold it. And I'm like, what am I That's doing so out here? Funny. But we got to stay away. We throw away the pack or give it away to somebody. Yeah, I
0: never thought about that, the whole soap. Because I think before the show started, I, I briefly <laughs> told you I represented another company that was a more of a cosmetics-based company. Yeah. One of the products is a soap. Yeah. And she, this individual, she um, her product was uh, CBD-infused soap. But you're yeah. right. You you put soap on your face and, and you, you wash, wash it, it off. right off. So yeah. it's on your face for what? Maybe 20 briefly, seconds? And yeah. so how are you really gonna get the effects of the CBD on your face?
1: Well, I guess in my thing, and I have a dry shampoo, for instance, which I know y'all wouldn't use, but with this massive amount of hair I have and just sweating and working out, I mean, It these, looks great, great in real again, life, people. No. You can see it. <laughs> it's real, I, it's I got real. a great view out of it. <laughs> you know, but like dry shampoo is a dry powdered product. It, you know, is not gonna work with CBD. You're not gonna just gonna put the powdered version of, you know, whatever, of a broad spectrum or something on, you know, you're, it's just not gonna work. Like water activated is yeah. really more necessary. And so, um, I've tried to make some decisions like that, like, well, you know, if I could have three to five SKUs, I know I can compete with other beauty brands now. I know I have good, you know, it's nice packaging, quality products and a moderate price point. I mean, I wish it could be cheaper. Honestly, I'd prefer to be more mass appeal. The more I learn about everything, it's just hard as a small business with the margins to right. people don't understand that, you know, if you're not, you know, selling millions and millions yeah. of units, like it's hard from, a to, you know, to charge $8. How many for employees a do you have at your company? Well, that's a whole nother conversation about okay. running a yeah. business. No, yeah. no. I mean, I'll answer it, but I think you'd be surprised. I mean, I contract most positions now. Yeah. I've learned that I don't do a lot of full time. Um, sure. I have, you know, I think two full time, you know, kind of salaried employees and everyone else is contracted, even my CFO. So they're okay. relatively full time fulfillment sure. and all of that, but sure. they're all contracted and uh, seven
0: Okay, so seven workers. Seven. So you got seven mouths to feed. You have overhead with your products, with yeah. your equipment, everything else. So yeah, I mean, you, you have to make your margins, right? Yeah. So, uh, what what type of fee- like market studies did you have to do in order to say, hey, listen, these are the products we have to do. This is the pricing point. Tell me a little bit about like the market studies that you had to do before you start launching. No, those. and
1: I just analyzed our. Um, I analyzed my social media demographics really thoroughly oh, okay. because I knew that my original customer was going to be come from my social. So Mm. 92 currently, as of like this last week, 92% Mm. of our sales are literally coming from Instagram.
0: That's so interesting because 15 years ago, people have never thought about using social media as an outlet to do not only uh, market studies, but obviously um, as a Venue to sell your products, right? And then, of course, social media, Instagram is
2: it's so powerful, and we can make fun of it all we want. changes so much when, when you're trying to sell an event or you're trying to get to a decision maker, and you can message Instagram accounts, yep. Instagram, but like if you message HEB and they message back, it's like HEB trusts somebody with that password that they're gonna like figure it out. And that's just one example I have. It's, that,
1: it's amazing and terrible, yeah. as you would expect, because, you know, I get blown up on, you know, all hours of the day on my personal social or yeah. my bottle broke or my sprayer's not working or, you know, a customer service issue that I screenshot and send to someone or, um, you know, we have a process for that. But I, I will never hate on it because this is why I have a, a successful business. And yes, a lot of it comes through social media and they ask a lot about products there. But this is such a great way as a consumer to have access. And I think that, you know, I think that's what consumers these days want. They want to know who the face is behind the brand. They don't mm-hmm. want to know that a beauty brand's being run by some billionaire mm-hmm. old man. They want to know that it's some maybe a female founder that started it and she tells the story mm-hmm. about her struggles with the business and what's going on, and um, like I mean, this banks
2: thing, right? Like if yeah. that was yeah. just some.
1: Well, the thing is, what differentiates her is that she
0: has her own testimonials, mm. right? You said that you had red skin or that you had yeah. certain conditions when you worked out, right? And that was kind of the driving force for you to launch some of the sure. stuff. And instead of, as you said, you know, some guy that's sixty-five and male that's sitting in an office, you can actually provide your own testimonials, which right. I think can be very compelling, mm-hmm. especially on social media and touching the 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 you know the demographics that you do touch, mm-hmm.
2: right? The creator economy, look at Mr. B, stuff like that. Like if you can, or even Tesla's in-house marketing, you know Elon just has to tweet and people start doing trucks. So now we're wrapping up a time because finish is so much fun. But I think I was one of the first people to see it when you first shared the super future yeah, thing sure. on, on Instagram. When I first saw it and I was like, wow, this looks so much fun. It goes to your fulfillment too, because as somebody that's ordered Genus products. I mean, this is like you're ordering from, so, like you get updates it comes it's like hey it's going to be here this time here's the tracking <coughs> i mean it, it got to my house exactly when it said it was so one uh a plus on your fulfillment but tell us about super future a little bit i just saw it, it was in your instagram bio speaking on the instagram i was like oh this looks interesting and funky and it was like like a space and time yeah. warp zone so just tell us a little bit about the the super future i still a new thing and uh, kind of what made you want to start that
1: yeah so i just think that um and kind of speaking about psychedelics you know i don't actually don't even have a lot of experience in that space you know i'm not sitting here Every day, micro uh, psilocybin you know but i i would like to <laughs> I, I just you know i'm not doing that every day but i do understand there's a super functional purpose for this and i think it's you know i think it's going to be really interesting to see where that space takes us in general and i guess the point of everything that i do is i'm all for just people healing you mm-hmm. know i want people to feel good about mm-hmm. themselves about their skin i i'm like a really into kind of the mental health space in general and kind of especially after you know, having a child and the way I I hear a lot of stories from a lot of women, like people are hurting. I think it's mm-hmm. very clear. People yeah. are hurting. People are struggling. Um, so really anything that can kind of alleviate that and make people feel good, that's also as natural as possible. Um but I mean, yeah, the idea behind Super Futured was to be a little bit less about me being the face of the brand, more about kind of starting something and especially as a placeholder, because I know we're a little ways off. Hopefully not a long ways off, but it's possible y'all would know more about that than me than with a lot of this being a little more mainstream and mm-hmm. legalized. But yeah, for me, um, these are gummies that are, you know, Delta Nine, Delta Eight, which I think I'd probably like to start utilizing the THCA more, but um, and um and, and a legal, legal mushrooms, adaptogens, mm-hmm. right, functional. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind the brand, and I just frankly haven't really gotten it going as much as I would like because I had some friends join the brand, never mm-hmm. going to business with friends. They got busy. Yeah. They have no interest if something's not an overnight success. So I'm kind of in this place now of just, it's a great placeholder. This was not something to try and make a ton of money overnight. This was another outlet for me to explore the space because Fittish for me will never, I will never cross that line. Um, and have THC products with Fitish. I just don't think, A, they don't, THC topically is not necessary. Um, I mean, unless you're talking about pain patches and things like that. But yeah. for me, with the brand, like this is about just topical solutions. And so um, I, but I really believe in the THC part of the plan. I really believe mm-hmm. in, you know, some of these other psychedelics and who even knows, you know, what we're about to experience with all of that in the space. And um, I wanted a brand that felt a little futuristic, that yeah. felt kind yeah. of. I don't know. It's so funny. I've never been that into space movies, but I yes. just had this feeling from a creative standpoint of like, god, I want I want to use AI for a lot of the mm-hmm. content creation mm-hmm. and I just want to feel very futuristic about, you know, just feeling better and yeah. in a way that's not super spooky space, but you know, in a way that's just futuristic feeling so I can have a brand that's open to what is ingredients overnight, happen overnight, at new ingredients. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what's so exciting about this space yep. in general, whether it is the cannabis space or, or you know, Alternative
2: products. Sure. we talk right. about all the time. Just so new that's, stuff what, that's, that's,
0: that's what we actually call our um, practice at um, my law firm is the alternative substances practice. Okay, I so like we, that. So we cover- um, <laughs> And that's a
2: new thing. thing. It's like a new- Yeah. New
0: well, and, and the reason why is because in the last couple of years, I've represented a couple of private equity groups and other groups that's launched ketamine clinics. So mm. ketamine uh-huh. has been kind of a, you know, it, now the market. It's kind of doing this in in terms of getting getting access to dry powder and, and capital and but you know ketamine is still ketamine's this- like
1: the party drug now right i mean well ketamine is like-
0: Schedule three drug right yeah. so you can you can use it for um for medical purposes and there are ketamine clinics where you, know, you, you get hooked up and it, they address right. anxiety- treating
1: like severe depression, depression and things right. like that right right yeah. so
0: it, it actually ketamine was actually developed in 1962 and wow. over the years and they actually treated um same some, time as
2: like mdma right you know
0: <laughs> yeah and well they they used it's they actually decade. first used it in mass uh, after the vietnam war on vietnam vets yeah for, with ketamine so with with ketamine, then you have of course cannabis, you have uh, psychedelics, and then you know I was going to ask you. I mean, have you ever thought about looking into kratom, right? So kratom is another one. Kratom is a non-scheduled drug and or non-scheduled substance. So that's another industry that yeah. um, I accidentally fell into in 2015, yeah. ironically. And I'm not going to say any names, but the there was a local kratom company. Mm. And I got contacted because the COO at the time, which she may still be a CEO, COO, but we went to law school together. And wow. I went to law school in Florida. I'm thinking, how how did you end up in Dallas, right? Yeah, cool. Why are you running a Kratom company? But that's a, that's an entirely different conversation. But yeah, so. Yeah, it's 20, it looks 15, like you're you're, you're falling into the THC space with the suit. Yes. with the Delta eight, Delta that's nine. That's what I, t- I
1: want. That to be a THC business. I want yeah. that to potentially yeah. be open. Which is separate to, from your
0: finish. It very completely. much is, and yeah. honestly,
1: I'm struggling with it a bit because, well, I don't, I don't necessarily have the bandwidth like that I thought I would to run two businesses. It also didn't take off as quickly as I thought because I think it's a hard sell. Again, I think people that and I took the approach of. I don't like to be so high that I can't function. I think mm-hmm. that was one thing when I was in yep. my twenties, but you know, for me, I want to show people that, you know, this is, you can be functional off microdosing, right? right? And so I'm trying to kind of introduce micro and a lot of people don't talk about micro dosing mm-hmm. THC, but you know, right. these gummies are five milligram, which is like a lot lower than you see in these stores. Right. Most right. things are 20, 25, 30. And like that gets me way too high. Oh, it gets I, and, me tanked. I and I don't like <laughs> it. I'm just not good with the edibles and I don't like to feel that way either, because I'm a mom and I'm working and I need to be able to be, on the go if I need to, I need to be very right. functional, but I just break, want like every that day. You know, <laughs> I, I want the equivalent of the glass of wine without the hangover, I want to just yeah. feel better, and that's kind of the goal with that brand, um, but again, like I said, I'm not in this overnight rush of, you know, this like money grab kind of thing that I know a lot of these cannabis businesses are, mm-hmm. and I know that there's potential with that sure. I really want a brand that has this kind of longer living identity with Super Future that, um, maybe five years, it may be ten years, but I at least have this placeholder in some semblance of a brand that um i can start exploring some of those things
0: yeah and you know it can and if if the market evolves you know because you're not in it for the money grab you may very well evolve with it if necessary right right? yes and so that's that's something to think about and um you know I, i think you know it's um it's important to Separate the two because I think we separate the the, the finished brand from what you're doing. But and I do think that as I've said this before, I think we barely scratched the surface on the cannabinoid side in mm-hmm. the sense that there are there's CBG, there's CBN, there's all kinds of studies to go going right. on right now. I mean, there they, I think it's CBN that they're lo- looking for at sleep, for, right? for sleep, right? For sleep, yeah, and so but aren't
1: they saying that that one in particular is leaning more psychoactive?
0: CBN yeah. I, you know I'm not I'm not really sure I've
1: heard that that's the case with CBN and I've tried it before and it works you know um okay. but um but I had I had been told that CBN was going to get classified as more psychoactive because it was making people you I know can really, see it. Okay there was some yeah yeah well, yeah Well the FDA
2: can't get it together they if yeah. we don't know they definitely don't know it's like it's always and there's how many can I was like 300 different ones I heard there, well so some studies will say
0: a 100 hundred so, so some people what will I read. say 160 yeah, and sometimes more and then of course you talk about the entourage Effect of right. ushering in all the cannabinoids to maximize. They work each better other. together, obviously. That's right. You know, and so that's why you have full spectrum, broad mm-hmm. spectrum isolates yeah. and stuff. But you know, I think it's interesting what you said is that um, you want something in lieu of a glass of wine. Right. So I'm, I'm hearing more and more from, and as the cannabis industry has evolved, you do hear more people saying, "Well, you know, I, I stopped drinking because the after effects of drinking yeah. is this. I rather smoke pot because the after effects of smoking pot is this and it's hell of a lot better. I feel good for
1: a couple hours yeah. and I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. I just think for me, I'm always looking at what's missing in the market. And I think that um, there's more of this now, but I remember going to, you know, you're in Vegas or you're in Aspen, Colorado, and you're going to these amazing <laughs> Apple store looking mm-hmm. shops, which now there are, there are quite a bit more of, right? Go. I know you were just in Vegas, but you know, going to some of these stores, but I remember walking around going, why is everything so fucking masculine? It's like mm. diesel 150 milligrams. I'm like, <laughs> (laughs) I don't want this you know it's like warlord I'm like I do not want to ingest something called warlord like that doesn't sound like something that's going to sit well in my system yet I don't want something that's so uber feminine you know that's all covered in flowers and all of this because that's not my aesthetic either I just want to be on the side of how do I make something more mass appeal that it works but it's mild you know I just want to approach whether it's a guy too, but just, you know, probably more females with my audience that, you know, they want a mom, you know, they, they want a mom, they want right. to function, they don't, you right. know, because I think you see and what I see with a lot of women, especially women that are kind of stay-at-home moms, it's really hard to function. And so this is why you have this whole epidemic of women that are just like popping Adderall, Adderall and Xanax and having their glass of wine at three o'clock yeah. in the afternoon or a whole <laughs> bottle of wine. And, and I get it because momming and working is really fucking hard and yeah. can be really mind numbing sometimes. Well, because but it's it, really hard you're never
0: you never completely off the <laughs> i'm clock. a better
1: parent right. with some cannabis in my life you know because i just i will sit and play with my child for hours and have the best time that. you know <laughs> and he's not in danger of anything yeah. and so yeah. i just try and tell women that like this is okay yeah. you know and i want to but it's hard you know it's hard to convince sure. people that are scared of a substance you know and you don't ever want to Push or you know, kind of feel like you're peer pressuring someone into that. You know, I can only kind of share my experience and what it's done for me and my mental health and my wellness and mm-hmm. and hope that that converts them at some point because I'm such a proponent of the space. And yeah. I mean, you're doing the Lord's work out here, right? Like, <laughs> I we I around. know. I feel like I need to be doing more, going and you know, we we'll get you to testify at the yeah, Capitol next session. at the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do can that. We do that
2: 2025 with Jen yes. Rico. Absolutely. I think so. You got to talk yeah. on behalf of all the women and the moms. I love your. Yes. I love yes. your middle of the approach effect and also on the business I know we got to wrap up here in a second and I'll say this I
0: I love having her on here to talk about the the stay-at-home mom demographic because I don't think I've had an episode that's really that has that that I've had a guest to touch on that demographic which obviously you are and um you know I I think it's it's very well women like cannabis too the
2: last thing I mean if you do a 50 milligram gummy you eat one of those it's done you know, it's yeah. from a business perspective. Also, if you just are selling 50 milligrams, it's one and done. But if you sell, yeah. you could sell 10 fives. And right. I like the 2.5 milligrams. Really? You know, I mean, just because you could, I can so undo he's it. He's a little, lightweight. I can, undo it. Lightweight. You know, I, can yeah. I can always no, take no, more. I'm it's kind of like clothes <laughs> when, uh, you know, you can always put more clothes on, but you can't take more clothes off when it's hot and cold. I Dalton wants to be high and function at the same 100%. Time. Same, but this 100%. is why I so. need to
1: recruit him to help me with super future. Yeah. Good yeah. things I, uh,
2: coming for Dalton and Jenna here. That's you know? right. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah.
1: always take more. You can never take less. Exactly. Right? That's always, always the motto. With that's that. right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah if you take more, then
0: you're kind of screwed. Yeah, right. If you yeah. T- if you don't take enough, you can always I mean, up your ante. There, right? there are
2: products that people are creating to like undo yeah. your highness, but that's it's like, what are we doing at this point? Just don't do that to yourself to begin with. I thought
1: everyone knew, like, eat some sugar. Do we not know that? We do that a little bit. Yeah. Or smell coffee way, yeah, but yeah. in the in the blood sugar the blood regulation sugar way, way yeah. or a bunch of
2: CBD. There's studies showing if you take a bunch of just uh, CBD isolate, it like blocks up your receptors. Really? I mean, it's. I don't know it's, if people are it's human about, physiology. I mean, yeah, it's just, none
0: of sure. us are, are specialists.
2: But,
1: but I will say, you know, what's interesting. I know we need to wrap up. Is that my uh, the, my partner, who I had a child with, he is from Mexico City, and you know, a stereotype there that actually kind of rings true is like they love tequila. Like he used to be such a big drinker to the point that every night, you know, mm-hmm. a, a couple glasses of wine. And I think you know, parenting obviously change you changes you becoming a parent. Just kind of your physical, your desire to be healthier, your desire to feel better, and be a better kind of present and hands on parent. But he doesn't drink like at all anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe every now and then, you know, at a work event or something. But I mean, this he used to be kind of a daily drinker, which for me is so foreign because that's just not who I am. I would drink to get drunk on vacation or at a dinner, but I just was never really the daily kind of drinker. It's just not my vibe. Um, And so once I kind of started introducing him to this and I always feel so successful when I've converted a drinker to, to you know, a pot ingester because yeah, I'm like, yeah. our relationship's better. We yeah. don't fight. We don't argue yeah. at night. Yeah. We're chill. We want to watch Netflix yeah. and parent and hang out. And I just think it's just, it's just yeah. been so nice from the day-to-day perspective yeah, for him. I feel like it's such a win, yeah. you
2: know? Rubberhead said he's a better dad, you know, when he's, when he smokes, he was drinking. He's a veteran, he drinks all the time. He said he was like, okay. not a great dad. He started sure. smoking and now he's a great dad. Loves baseball games. That's no, it's funny. like anyway, it's great. He's probably we, high all the baseball. He's probably high there. right now. Sure. Somebody call Robert yeah. Head. But are you up. a
1: better person? Yeah. this hey. world is a tough place to navigate. Exactly, yeah. Totally, exactly. totally sure. straight and sober with For a lot sure. of thoughts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I have two questions, okay. and then we'll wrap up. Right. One, what do you just in a, in a one or two sentence statements uh, or statements? How do you see the 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 industry uh, or the I guess the. Um, the cosmetics cbd industry evolve in the next couple of years.
1: I hope. I don't it's hard to say because okay. I don't know as much as you know and I have a feeling the reason we're so prohibited from certain things is because of the money that's made off of okay. pharmaceuticals and mm-hmm. so I think that that's mm. the issue here, right? That's probably mm. the deeper underlying issue, right? Okay. And that's way beyond my kind of scope of knowledge, but that's the only thing that makes sense at this point. Okay. Cannabis is so I mean, medicinally real that there's no other reason why FDA wouldn't do this unless it was pharmaceutical companies stopping mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. with all the money they have. So there's that element that makes me then say what I'm going to say, but I can't know for certain. But my prediction is that to me, CBD at least, right. Cause that's what I'm more familiar with. CBD being non-psychoactive CBD to me is like aloe, the aloe plant times a hundred. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about CBD. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would really like to think and predict that. I don't know if it's three years or five years or longer than that, but I think, Think that this will be an ingredient that's in a lot of products and it's not Love even it. referenced you know Love what i it. mean at some juncture that it, cbd is just going to be a given like putting aloe or mm-hmm. eucalyptus or mm-hmm. another plant that has some sort of soothing mm-hmm. effect um that's just going to be in a lot of products you know colloidal oatmeal is something that's in a lot of these over-the-counter products uh, right. like a cortisone or whatever it is for treating skin issues i would like to think that mm. cbd is going to be that in products you know thc i think is still a different play and a different story with ingestibles. Anything that's t- to be ingested too is has a lot higher of a threshold sure. of. Kind of issues and regulatory, um, but topically, yeah, I think it's just going to become a run of the mill. In five years, we're going to look mm. at stuff in the grocery store and be like, "Oh, this is like oatmeal and CBD," and I take a bath with it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's my hope, and that's how I. I that's I got, what I think. I, think I got I like a story
0: it. to tell you offline. I can't tell you. Yeah. I can't tell well, the that's story. That's no anyway. fun yeah. for the oh, listener. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think I might have texted you about it. I, it's the special project that came across my desk oh. earlier. This. this did you have
2: to tell her right when we wrap. Yeah, here.
0: Well, I, I can't say it on air, but um, the second question is. When you worked on Kid Craddock, how did Al get his name Random Man? I got to hear this.
1: Well, the name came, it preceded me by many years. You know I mean? He had probably been there, I think, for 15 or 20 years before I joined the show. But Random Man is because it was- You would say random stuff. Sure. So it would be in this moment, and we're talking about a a real, we're all focused on the same thing. And he would just randomly, very exactly that, interject and just be like- (laughs) I went out with this girl last night. Um, You know, she had like a bunch of frogs in her apartment. When we weren't even talking about that and just a way to be weird and interject. And so that's where that came from, just because he was just so random with the things that he would say, which sometimes could be very infuriating because he's just not paying attention to the conversation. But it
0: gave him a role. It it created such a character from that. Yeah, And and that was like probably my favorite, one of my favorite things when they go, you got to be a random man. Random man on
1: all all the drops. Yeah, Yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. No, yeah, great, great characters great guy you know, they were they were awesome to work with all those years
2: I've loved all of our guests but this one was a special one Rico you know it's no. good Jenna real fast because I know, uh, you know that shirt that coach prime says I'm not hard to find you need one of those because you're really not that I'm hard, not to, hard find. to find you're not hard to find but tell the uh camera real fast where's the best place to find you where's the best place to order if you're a woman out there that needs skincare. Go check yeah. out The finish.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, we are at The Fittish on Instagram. I'm at Jenna Page is my username, J-E-N-N-A-P-A-G-E. Instagram is really the best spot for us. We're trying to work on that TikTok content Which and get go. to that place for the new year, right? There we we all have goals. but uh-huh. uh, And but we're yeah, super future. Fittish.com, yeah. futured. It is the instagram superfutured.com uh and yeah fetish.com to order we got our Check like you out. said we got mm-hmm. our fulfillment down on that, that. shit gets there to. quick that yeah is, but you does. have to when you're shipping a bunch of product to customers that's one of the most important things i tell yeah. everyone i'm like oh yeah i'm strict i'm like yeah. you respond within an hour to oh a customer gosh. service issue no oh, but yeah. i mean it's all about how you treat the customer i loved it
2: no it was great i didn't even tell you when i ordered i ordered and it was like immediate like this will be here this day and it updated me like every hour and i was like all right we're the good. customer's
1: always right even yeah, when they're not even when they're you're always right cheers. yeah that's great yeah. cheers with right. our
2: episode episode Thanks 17 for me, Sati- guys. sativa segment
0: yeah no it was great having you thank you for coming on and i think that's the wrap
2: peace